Uh, aside from the little notes, crude sketches, and song lyrics, this will be my eighth entry in the logbook. How long have we been on the road now? Three weeks? Four weeks? Time starts to grow hazy trekking across the wilderness. But there are always things that stand out in one's memory. And speaking of memory, uh, one such thing was that Miss Cena came across a note wedged between the bricks of the watchtower. An old note written by a giant long ago. I've buried your memories in the woods. If anyone ever finds this note, perhaps they'll locate and carry your memories with them. And it led us to dig up a memory box. The box had some trinkets inside and some sort of ring. Maybe a magic ring, I'm not sure. Sheena didn't say too much about it. You put this on and uh, nothing happens at first. And then, as you start thinking back, you have these images in your head of laying in the grass. And there's a girl before you. And the fondness you feel for her is extreme. I mean, it impacts you on a deep emotional level. And then the realization that you've lost her, it's heartbreaking. With this heartbreak, you also get this knowledge of how to do a magic spell. Again, mechanically speaking, it's once per day you can cast the power word heal spell. This is a level 9 spell. A wave of healing energy washes over the creature you touch. The target regains all its hit points. If the creature is charmed, frightened, paralyzed, or stunned, the condition ends. If the creature is prone, it can use its reaction to stand up. This spell has no effect on undead or constructs. We also have a new companion in our party. Another gnomish feller by the name of Nespo Spoonback. He claimed he was heading to some city called Skazakus to work as a servant. Sounded more like slavery to me, though. I've already come a long ways. I, th I think I should maybe just see this through, because they tell me that they get supplies, and I sure would like to help my town out. I guess the claim was that if a gnome from a village would submit himself to a lifetime of servitude in the city of Skazakus, then the big city would send a regular interval of supplies back to the gnome's home village, bringing it out of poverty and turning it into a bustling city. Supposedly, that's what happened to the Eliwick Watchtower village where we met the gnome. And anyway, this little guy Nespos is traveling with us now. The plan is to escort him to Skazakus, but we'll see how that goes. We'll probably just ask you to sign off on any of the spoils once we murder all of these slavers. I've given up all predictions of what might lie ahead of us. Seems like things get stranger the deeper south we go. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March. The road is long, but the world is small.
you guys have been trekking south into the Great Marsh, which is around where your parents and grandparents lived a century ago. Over the span of the five days you've walked since leaving the Watchtower, the trees around you went from woodland forest to swamplands. Then, more and more, the swamps became open marshes. There were several times where you were forced to plod through the marshes simply because the road through the swamps had become too overgrown for giants to fit through. Off the path, you've noticed the ground is frequently very soft and your boots sink deep with every step. Sina, have you taken the ring off before sleeping or have you been wearing it? Uh, she probably took it off and put it in her pack while she slept, but she did, in fact, put it on again the next morning. Wearing this ring has really been bringing you down each day. Whenever you put it on, the memories return of this person that you loved and then lost. And when you take it off at night, the memories grow hazy, but the feelings make it hard to sleep. And then you awake the next day and feel refreshed. But then putting the ring back on each time makes everything come flooding back. And it's the quiet times walking during the day left to your thoughts when it really eats at you. Each step feels heavier. Your energy feels sapped. And the road feels endless. Have you been doing anything to cope with this emotional pain? She's probably been a little bit clingier to her cousins than she usually is. Like, maybe walking a little closer, like, being a little bit more physical with it. She's probably, as well, uh, talking to Bogdana and the Bard. Other than that, she knows that it is the ring, but she's not saying it, because that would be crazy. Why would she confide in her family about that? Well, you told them when you first put it on that it had some stuff, but you didn't really share any details, I don't think. Yeah. She's probably not going to, because she doesn't want to burden them with it. Okay. Mads, uh, give me a perception check real quick. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, it's a nat one plus fucking zero, so one. <laughs> Since he left the watchtower to the time we're going to open this episode is probably about a span of about five or six days. But a couple nights prior to that, uh, you were gathering firewood around dusk. And you just reached up to take a branch in hand when you caught the tail end of something in the sky. You could tell that it was a bird-like silhouette disappearing behind the tree line, and it looked massive compared to anything you would normally see flying in the sky. But it was gone before you could clearly identify it. And last of all, Ferdos, your nights this week have been restless, to say the least. Because normally you're quite accustomed to sleeping outdoors, right? Yep. But you've been having strange and frustrating dreams that cause your muscles to tense and your mind to stir at night, so much that you even wake up at odd hours through the night. A common one is the feeling of hearing conversations in the distance where several people are talking and you can almost hear what they're saying, but you just can't make out the words. And that is the dream you're having tonight. And it started with you on a trail, walking beside your companions as you've been doing these past few days. But soon you realized they've gone, and you're now walking alone. What do you want to do? Where is everyone? It's happening again. 
Rats. Sina. Pocket gnome. And uh, yeah, I would like to quickly look for them. Is it day or night? In your dream state, you're not really conscious of that. You just know that if you go off the trail to look for them, there could be dangers in the woods. And you can just kind of feel that danger, even though you don't know what it is. In in this dream, am I in woods or am I in the, the swamp? Like the day-night thing, it's a little... There's trees, but you're nervous that if you call into the trees it might alert the people and so I think that mostly you're just wandering aimlessly because you have no sense of purpose in this dream until finally you hear something it's the voices again that you've heard all these dreams prior and it sounds like they're just ahead but as you walk towards them they never seem to get any closer and it's frustrating because you can't tell what they're saying so you remain very still holding your breath who's there secret divine break Luna just voices and then as clear as if someone was standing beside you you hear feared us your eyes shoot open and you find yourself staring at the stars above fully awake and a woman's voice beside you whispers feared us Ah, yes, uh, how can I help you? You had better get up. Be careful. What seems to be the problem? You turn and you see, which you already knew based on the voice, that it's Bogdana. And it was, you remember, it was her watch. Are you going to try and stand up or anything? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, like, sort of wipe the sweat off of my brow. And then, um... Uh, I'm going to, yeah, stand up and... As you start to stand up, she braces you, and your feet suddenly dangle over something, and when you look down, you notice that the place where your bedroll has been laying has been raised up out of the ground like a sheer mound of rock, almost similar to Devil's Tower. What? What caused this? I do not know. I was on my watch, and I look back, and you are just coming up off the ground. Huh. What good is having people on watch if they do not see when something happens? I saw it, but I could not explain it. I, I don't mean to lash out. I've been very troubled by thoughts, and especially from the odd feelings that I get from this place. I scanned the perimeter of the campsite, but I see no one. Has anyone else awoken, or is it just, uh, just us? I did not want to bother them until I figured out if we were in danger. We have all been marching hard. I guess I will, um, take a, a few minutes and start, uh, getting, like, all sorts of, you know, stuff out of my pack, like the crystals and, you know, sacks of like potpourri and things like that and setting them around in a circle on the ground and I'm going to um, ritual cast detect magic when you finally finish your ritual and you're able to detect magic you sense this entire pillar of rock is emanating with the past magic of transmutation and it's a similar pillar to what happened on the mountain 
Yes, in fact, specifically, it's the exact same as what you found from the massive spike jutting through the cabin with the guy spiked on the top. This is fairly troubling. We encountered the same magic before on the mountain. I'm sure you've already come to this conclusion. But now I'm sure. It is reminiscent. What did you detect? The same type of magic, transmutation. It's rare to do such a thing as this, especially in the odd occurrence of it happening to us at two different places in such a short span of time, across long distances. Should we wake the others? You would know based on the time of her watch that it's probably four or five in the morning right now. I would wait. Let them rest. Tell them first thing in the morning. It's not much we could do about it now, anyway. We must not be in immediate danger, or the top of this raised rock would be a spike like we saw at the cabin. Someone is trying to send us a message that they could have killed us if they wanted. Why did they send it to you? I don't know. You didn't receive any other part of this message. Um, communication has never been my strong suit. Maybe the others will have some idea. Nor is it mine. I will continue my watch. I'm going to take my bedding off of the um, raised rock and place it back down on the ground and, like, you know, at least try to get some more sleep. When you do, it's about, uh, like, ten feet off the ground, which to you is, like, about waist high. Yeah. The rest of the night, which isn't very long, passes pretty uneventfully before you guys all start waking up. I try to wake up before the rest of them, and um, uh, Mads is the first one I'll wake up. Good morning. I wish it were so. What is going on, cousin? Ugh, is something wrong? Yes, um, that happened several hours ago. And I point over to the raised rock. Happened right underneath my bedding. Wow. Bogdana awoke me after it happened. It could have killed me, but it wasn't sharp at the top like on the other mountain. And it just lifted you up? Or it didn't... Well, I mean, obviously you're not impaled on the rock, so... This is a message. I'm just not sure what it's trying to say. I (laughs) had the same thought last night. Is this a warning of some type? The message that I'm getting from this is definitely a warning of some kind. Now, I could have killed you, but we didn't. But we can if we want to, type thing. It would seem so. Perhaps we are closer to those that we pursue than than we bargained for. And perhaps they were related to what happened on the mountain. Or something else is watching us. 
yes. I believe I am with you, Cena, that there is something else going on here. There is no way that these tieflings are causing such magics as this. Not alone, at least. Bogdana will have walked up by this time um, and dropped some firewood at everyone's, like in the middle of camp, and she says, I searched the perimeter after it happened, and I did not see anyone. But when I heard the noise and the rocks crumbling, I looked over and see him racing into the air. That's more than a little worrisome. You said they went into the air. Did they keep their form, or did they change? She said you went into the air. Oh, meaning, okay, never mind. Never mind, I'm still a bit uh, groggy from the morning in the... In the restless night, um, excuse me. Are you not sleeping well, cousin? I didn't want to trouble you all, but no, I've not slept very well since we entered this place. Perhaps it is the dragon bird I saw a few days back. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) You saw a dragon bird? You're not familiar with dragon birds. No, I'm not. I. You're gonna have to. Can I please have a little bit more context than that? When I was gathering firewood a few nights ago, I saw a dragon bird. A dragon bird. So, first of all, that sounds very cool. Second of all, was it like a dragon the size of a bird, or was it like a bird the size of a dragon, which I think any of us would have seen? A bird the size of a dragon, I would say. Maybe a small one, but definitely larger than your normal birds. It also had a tail like a dragon. Have I ever heard of anything like this before, DM? I would also like to make a history check from my druid um, learnings. It's a dirty 20, by the way. With a dirty 20, Feardas... You have definitely heard of some giant birds, but specifically a dragon bird is... <laughs> you have no idea. There are kind of a few things that it could be. Perhaps a rock, but also perhaps not. There are several large-type birds that are very dangerous. I definitely don't think it was a rock. It was more of a dragon bird. Noted. I'm gonna begin, like, sort of packing up my bedroll and stuff into my backpack and all that kind of thing. We're still in the swamp, right? Yeah, uh, it's getting more and more marshy the further you go. So, um, as I'm packing my stuff, um, together, all of a sudden I, um, go, Ah! I remembered something! Um, may we take a few more minutes? It will speed up our travels quite a bit. Please, by all means. Gotta spend time to save time. Yep. Yeah, I start uh, getting out um, a few things, and um, one of the things is a piece of cork. I'm going to ritual cast a water walk, which will serve us for an hour, and we can walk across any liquid service. And I can give it to up to ten creatures, so I give it to all of our party. I've never encountered anyone to actually use this spell before. This is awesome. <laughs> Druids, man. 
So uh, we can move across any liquid surface, such as water, acid, mud, snow, quicksand, or lava, as if it were harmless solid ground. Um, creatures crossing molten lava can still take damage from the heat. Um, up to 10 willing creatures you can see within range gain this ability for the duration. And if the target is uh, submerged in liquid, the spell carries the target to the surface of the liquid at a rate of 60 feet per second. This is great because you, where I said before that you had encountered very soft ground, especially in the marshes, and with your great weight, you were just, your boots were sinking way down in the, in the mush. You guys are just walking right across the tops of the marshes now, and because they're just still marshes, you don't have to worry about waves and shit, so this is pretty easy going. It's almost like having a sidewalk, really. Yeah, and we would need to stop, like, after every hour to recast it, so ten minutes every every hour, basically. Gotcha. So, I'm sorry I didn't think of this sooner. I've been kind of distracted. This place is just, uh, gives me a sort of, um, bittersweet nostalgia for my druid circle. The Dalek's gag is not too much different than this place. Perhaps a bit colder. I'm very concerned what will happen when we camp out this evening. I remember my grandpa used to tell me stories about this great marsh. It's not as great as he made it out to be, in my opinion. The fat bard is complaining again. What did he tell you? Just things he used to do as a kid and nah, types of creatures they had out here, but that was a rare occasion when he'd had a bunch to drink and felt like talking. That didn't happen very often. Most of the time, reflecting on the past, he'd talk about what it was like in the war. I never was too much interested in that when I was a kid, so I didn't pay too much attention. I do not like the climate here. I long to return to the mountain as soon as I can. It is hot, and you guys have had to shed a lot of your heavy coats and stuff. And eventually, especially with Ferdos's ease of walking, you all come upon another large open marsh, which is running parallel on the side of this main road. And up ahead, over the marsh waters, there's a bridge spanning from one end to the other. It's clearly a giant's bridge from of old, and it's built with massive stonework. So giants could have crossed over the marsh without getting their boots wet. It's an arch-shaped bridge. The underside of the arch is reaching about 20 feet above the water, so someone like Mads would have to duck if they passed under it, but someone like Cena could walk under it. And beneath this bridge, you see what might be considered a lizard folk village. It's like tangly scaffolding made with vines, and each section of the scaffolding is about four levels tall suspended beneath this arch-shaped bridge. And each level of this vine scaffolding has had planks laid across it to act as a wonky floor for the lizards to reside. It's unquestionably the most primitive village you've ever seen. So this giant's bridge is up ahead of you a ways, crossing over your marsh from left to right. And as you're facing it right now, you're kind of looking through the under arch of it where these lizard folk have strung their webbing of vines and planks to make their home. And from shoreline to shoreline, this bridge spans about 60 feet across. Should we inquire about our, um, 
our messenger to these folk? I think we should. Perhaps we can also ask them about the bird dragon. I definitely would like to know if they know something about the bird dragon. But I prefer if we go with the other way. Dragon bird. <laughs> this is agreeable. <laughs> okay. My grandfather never spoke highly of lizard folk. What is wrong with them? They seem to be a peaceful sort, building a village underneath a bridge. Well, I'm not the decision here maker here. I'm just logging this, but I'm going to stay back here. What do you think, uh, Pocket Gnome? And you, other Pocket Gnome. <laughs> pocket J Gnome in Feardoss's pocket says, I ain't never had much encounter with lizard folk. Never come up so far north as my village. From what I hear, they're kind of reclusive. Hermit types, not unlike myself. And Cena's pocket gnome, who is named Nesco Spoonback, says, uh, While lizard folk don't pay you no mind, they come to the town sometimes because we do some trading and they give us some of their goods, we give them some of ours, but, uh, they don't have any interest in making friends. Like you said, they just tend to keep to themselves. There's no shame in keeping to yourselves. We just need to know if they've seen tieflings. We'll ask, get our information, and go on our way. Do we have anything to offer and trade? Should we, they not be immediately forthcoming with information? I have a bit of gold. Other than that, I can fix things, I guess? I usually do not travel with many possessions, so... Um... We'll... I guess cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I walk up to the... to the village. On your way to the bridge, roll a quick perception check. Let's see, 8 plus... 8 plus 3, 11. As you draw near to this bridge, you can see it looks like there was a fire at the entrance of this bridge, and it was kind of a widespread fire. That's about all you can notice with that perception check, but you can tell that all eyes are on you as you're walking up, and they're standing on this boarded scaffolding. They're up on top of the arch of this bridge, and they're all staring at you, and in the middle of the top of the bridge, you see this one that's wearing finer clothes than the other, if you can call it. There are more feathers, more uh, colors. And he finally raises his hands in the air with his staff and he shouts out to you. Out of your pit again, Eater! Um... I kind of, like, have a confused look towards Cena and, and Mads and I kind of look back at the at the lizard folk and then point towards me and kind of like, Me? You've come too far this time. You have no place here anymore, Eater. The marshes belong to the Kekwata. Um, we mean not to take residence here. And um, I take the time to take my spear and fasten it to my backpack and so it's not in my hands. And then I hold my hands out in front of me, unarmed. 
he's gonna pause and you see his arms and his staff lower slightly. And then he says, Speak your words. Um, we are just passing through. We are uh, actually in pursuit of um, some that may have come through here. They are two tiefling folk. You know, the ones with the horns on the top of their head. And they're riding on a large, um, a large wagon that is very heavy. Why do you seek these monsters? They have a great deal of materials that are from our home. You are in league with them! Quite the opposite. They are to be brought to justice! He's gonna stop at that and think for a second and then he's gonna say, Look what they've done to our bridge! And gesture to all the burned field off to the side of their bridge. They did this? Yes, when they came through. Just like you did before, Eater. Wrecking Kakwala's livelihood. How long ago was this? We have no more to say to you. Be on your way. Cousin, please cast this water walking spell on us and we will go around. We know where these tieflings are headed. We can follow the bridge on the marsh. You will not cross this bridge. We're not trying to. We're going to follow it along the marsh. It's not your business. This entire marsh is ours. Then do something about it, I guess. Cousin. I put my hand on his shoulder. I excuse him. Um, we're all a little bit uh, travel-worn from uh, such a long journey. Was anyone injured in this attack by those that we pursue? What do you care for, Kekwala? I'm... I know some healing magic. I may be of some use. If you can tell us what happened. Roll a insight real quick. And also a persuasion. Insight was... 14... And the persuasion... Oh, it's only a plus zero, so 12. The insight... You get the sense that he's kind of stalling a little bit because he actually doesn't really want to tangle with how five giants. <laughs> mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you get the sense that you're, you're not convincing him because he really doesn't like you. We have to tell you nothing. You are in our territory, and you must leave. How are these tieflings supposed to be brought to justice if you will not let us pass? The Kakwala will deal with their own. We do not need eaters in our land. If you become in possession of our things, we will have to destroy you. This is threat. It is. He's going to raise his staff and then bring it down, and there's just kind of an explosion of light. Five of these lizard folks hurl their javelins at you in unison. All right. Specifically at you, Mads, does a... Uh, oh, that's 
It's 16 plus, uh, it turns into 36 probably hits. Oh, yeah. They don't have trouble hitting a 26-foot-tall giant. <laughs> no. Five piercing damage. That's it? <laughs> well, they're just little javelins, and you got big, thick skin. All right. They're throwing them with their hands. It's not like they're using bows. How close are they together? The bridge spans about 60 feet across, and they're all clustered on it. Okay. So, um... Yeah, I'm going to cast a stinking cloud and have it centered to where it covers Hold all Hold on, of cousin. Listen, you cannot defeat us. Look at your spell and the pitiful damage it has done to me. I do not wish to do battle with you. I wish to do battle with those tieflings. Let us pass. And the dragon bird. Yes, and also the dragon bird, which you don't have to tell us about. We understand your privacy. Now you roll a persuasion, Mads. All right, well, I'm a paladin, so. (laughs) If you want, you can add plus three to that, because Cena will use one of her uh, artificer abilities to give you that little bonus if you would like. Fuck, man. Um, I mean, okay, I can take it to help because I need it. I rolled a three, uh, <laughs> plus three is six, plus six is 12. <laughs> Same thing I Jesus got. fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> We're like all sweaty, like all of our clothes are just tied around our waist and stuff like that. And like... You mock us because we are smaller than you. But Samoania will take care of you for us. That's not... I'm sorry, what? And she'll... uh, Cena will walk over and, like, not kneel in front of them, but, like, just kind of get down on, like, bend down. Like, sort of squat on the balls of her feet and just be like, No, we're not mocking you because you're smaller than us. We really just want this information. In which case, yes, please introduce us to your champion if you would like, but it would really be easier for you to just give us the information. Now you get to roll a persuasion. But also, we could fight your champion for fun. Hey, that's a 17. It could be a few things. It could be that you approach close to them and they see the sheer size of you and they've changed their minds. It could be that you're bowing down to their level is almost like a sign of respect. It could be anything, but whatever the case, he finally looks you eye to eye instead of staring up at you, and he says, We will speak with this one. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. (laughs) I'll kind of uh, step back a few paces and um, kind of just take off my backpack and sit kind of crisscross on the ground and allow them to do their talking. Cena, if anything happens, make a big fuss, and I will come and get you. Okay, don't worry. I trust our hosts, at least a little bit. He's kind of just staring at you, waiting for you to talk. What can you tell us about the tieflings that passed through? They set fire to our bridge. 
Okay, so it makes sense that you would be a little more leery of outsiders after that. And you come out of your pit and decide that we will go to pit with you. But Kekwala do not ever come out of pit. We we don't want you to go anywhere with us. We just want to pass through. I promise we mean you no harm. You must promise to never take Kekwala down pit again. I promise. You break this promise, I guarantee Semuanya will avenge us. Okay. Can you explain to me a little bit about who Semwana is? Is that what you said? Semwanya will send the Avatar to destroy all of the Eaters if you try anything and if you break your promise to us. Can we pass or do we have to sit for a further history and theology lesson? You have received your warning and you must go now. All right, noted. Cool. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Your monsters went that way. Any gestures further down the road? Tell them they come back. Samuanya will deal with them as well. Okay, I will. Again, thank you very much. <laughs> Mads, you've just got these little stickers dangling out of your leg. <laughs> <laughs> Cena will walk back over and say, All right, we can go. I will uh, return the uh, the javelins as we are making our way back. <laughs> they all like give you a wide berth, and you'd have to just drop them on the bridge. That's fine. So we're walking across the bridge. You don't have to since you have water walk, but you go to where the other side yeah, of the bridge is. We'll take the bridge. Fuck it. Let's take the bridge. <laughs> okay, they're gonna clear. Uh, yeah, there's not gonna be a single lizard folk on the bridge when you cross. And uh, I think that all those underneath get pretty jostled of the <laughs> rumble of these footsteps. <laughs> but you managed to cross without incident. And I will put away all of my fighting stats. I am glad we did not have to destroy them. I know, me too. I was really hoping that we wouldn't have to fight them. I agree. It is a shame what happened here so long ago left them with such a impression on our kind and the tieflings apparently the tieflings set fire to the bridge oh i need to tell you something about that just a fun little fact as you were crossing through the uh, charcoal side of the bridge uh you did notice several shattered glass pieces like a ton of glass bottles oh can i safely assume that these were like that this was the moonshine yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she'll as as they walk, she'll like look at it and go, Well, we found what they used the moonshine for. It's horrible. No wonder they're apprehensive of more outsiders. Yes. They're not so different from the kind in my circle. At least the ones in charge. How so, cousin? Well, Una, in particular, was very, um, inhospitable to outsiders. Truth be told, I did not leave under agreeable terms. This is different, though, cousin. This is punishment for the debts of a father. 
One of the things that I've learned when I've been upon the mountain is that those who would hold a debt to the sun, the bereaved, they are the true monster. I will meditate upon this a while longer. But uh, in so doing, we can keep walking. It's not my intention to put a burden upon you, cousin. I was just making conversation. I agree. This place just... It, it brings back memories. And the heat is definitely not helping with uh, my comfort in this situation. I hate it here. <laughs> it is It is kind of fucking awful. I, I'm not a fan. After a while, I do um, say to uh, Mads, um, you know that spell I was about to cast when you stopped me? Yes. It, it would not have been fatal. It would just cause them to sort of roll around and, and retch and feel sick to their stomach for a time being. I understand, cousin. You are not violent like I am. But anything cast their way would have cost us much needed time. I agree. I'm glad that you stopped me, even if it wasn't fatal. I feel as though we should have caught up to them by now, but we're... Perhaps we're not moving fast enough. Maybe we should chance it and move through the night. What do you think, Cena? Hmm... All I can think about is what happened last night with that rock and you. If we keep following them through the night, we won't be caught by surprise in case something like that happens again. My thoughts exactly, Sina. Then we are in agreement. We should keep going. Yeah. Creed, Bogdana, what do you think? Hmm. We've got to walk through the night again. The fat bard's feet hurt. I don't care. We are going to catch these tieflings, hopefully sometime in the morning. We will get our goods, and we will return to our homes. I'll just write a song about my sore legs. That sounds like an incredibly tedious song. <laughs> I suppose if things get t too difficult, we could all take turns backpigging him. Listen, there are many things that I'm willing to do to further the interest of this group, but I will not carry a bard on piggyback. I'm very sorry, but... Cena, you have learned something from me. We will leave him to die in the marsh if he cannot go on. No, we won't leave him to die. I just won't carry him. You will get there. Maybe when the time comes, we should take a vote. <laughs> Maybe that is the best thing to do. She winks at Creed. The marsh will decide what will happen with the bard. How are your legs feeling now, bard? You know, I feel like maybe I'm going to be okay after all. I'm just going <laughs> to write a song about one step at a time. <laughs> You guys march one step at a time into the night. 
and it is a cooler night than what you've had, especially with all the water around, and um, it's also uh, a full moon. So the way is, not that you need it with your dark vision, but the way is conveniently lit, and um, Mads, roll me another perception check. Jesus. Fucking Christ! <laughs> Four. You can have the plus three if you'd like. I mean, seven I don't think does much. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, that was a shitty roll. So, um, Mads, out of seemingly nowhere, something hits you on the head. It's like getting hit on the head with, uh, like, an acorn or something. It's just this tiny thing, and it hits the ground at your feet. I will look down to see what it is, I guess? You're going to have to bend way down, because it's not very large, but... When you pick it up, you notice that it's some sort of paper... A paper-wrapped little bundle with a small note attached. I will read it? (laughs) Do you like me? Do you want to be my friend? (laughs) (laughs) The note is very small, so the writing on it is short and compact. And it's written in your gianty writing language it says Mads you have traveled far I can no longer see you it's up to you now to fulfill the will of the mountain for those down south if you need aid eat this rat and wait a few days take caution with your cousin Ferdos I worry about a lack of discernment towards the gods he chooses to follow be well, the mountain. And there's a stamp of a, sim- a symbol. It's like a capital A where the left side of the middle bar of it has fallen. So it looks representative of maybe like a small mountain in front of a larger mountain. <laughs> You're welcome to roll a quick quick history check if you want. All right, let's, uh, let's get another new die. <laughs> See what we can do with this metal one. Come on. Literally above a 10. Hey! Okay. We've got, uh, 16. This mountain in front of a larger mountain symbol, it's the same symbol that was on some of the objects in the lodge where the spike had stabbed through. What? And right now... Aside from that note, you're left with this wrapped up little bundle. I will put it away and I will immediately go and find Fyrdus after this happens then. And I will hand him the note. I open it up and read it. So, when did you have time to make this? (laughs) I did not make it. It was dropped with a bundle that has a rat inside of it. How very peculiar. It has the same symbol on it that we found at the cabin where the spikes were. It does. I noticed that. Uh, I'm very happy for you, cousin. Your god has you in very high favor. And it looks like he's even thinking of me. You're not in any way suspicious. Mm. 
I don't believe we have any reason to be. The mountain has never spoken to me like this before. Could I roll a religion check to see if uh, this is like... In, I know it's probably not a common thing for a god to do, but is there like anything that I would have heard of where that would seem like this has happened before? You can roll. That's a natural 20. <laughs> and then I got a plus... Hey! Uh, I'm a very religious uh, giant. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, plus four to religion, so 24 total. I'm not going to say that you know a lot about this uh, specifically with this type of a note and a rat and stuff, but you have heard stories about messages being delivered by large, long-flying birds such as you know, great birds that are, you know, several feet in length. Um, and usually, in the stories anyway, they are uh, servants of the goddess Akkadi of Tempests and Sky. Yeah, I, I seem to recall um, a certain god, goddess of the sky, sends uh, powerful birds as messengers and would drop their message on their heads. <laughs> little pebbles such as this perhaps maybe your dragon bird is it's this is a rat well the rat is the size of a pebble for us it's like the size of a field mouse sorry a rat hey gods work in mysterious ways okay yes and apparently your god wants you to get rabies do we not eat rats often this is something we giants do that's news to me. <laughs> Not something I've ever done. Maybe it's a Dalek skeg thing. I've had some hungry nights in the street with no takers on my busker job, and I still wouldn't resort to eating a rat. It's not that I'm against the idea of eating a rat. It's that I've spent decades upon the mountain, and not once have I ever been contacted as this. How does the mountain usually speak to you? Or contact you? Well, that would require a story, cousin. You are good at telling stories. So I sat for days one time upon this precipice and I was staring off into what appeared to be this endless valley. And I sat there for days, not eating, just drinking water as my body demanded, begging the mountain to speak to me. And eventually, this hunter came upon me and he said, borrow me money, please just give me 50 gold. I said, okay, this is clearly what the mountain wants me to do. I should loan you this money. And he said, I will come and return and I will pay you back. This money will be yours twofold. I will come back. I promise you, I am just down on my luck. Three months passed and I did not see this hunter. So I decided that I would go down into the valley and try and find him. 
first I found this river too deep for myself to cross, so I went to a ferry, paid 25 gold pieces to get across this river. Continued, found another fissure that I tried to jump across, and I broke my leg. And I spent six weeks in a village recovering, only to return to that spot on the precipice. The mountain taught me something that day. It was not what I thought it was. Not at first. This is too easy. It does seem a little strange. It came to my mind that um, the goddess that would use the bird messengers to drop the messages, it was Akadi. However, the symbol from the cabin was of Dunatus. It's a very strange occurrence indeed. So perhaps you might be right. However, Perhaps you're not. It's a matter of faith. I'm not going to toss this rat in the fire anytime soon, but I will also not be consuming it. Unless the situation seems dire. Well, that's good that you're not going to eat it. At least not right now. If it were me, I would. And I continue walking. Um, as we're walking, I'm going to be searching along the sides of the trail for um, moonseed flower. Okay. It's a pretty good night for it, simply because the you've got your dark vision, but the moon is shining brightly. Um, why don't you give me a perception check with advantage? Okay. Or a, sur- or a survival would do, I suppose, as well, if you would prefer. Yeah, I'd prefer survival. So, 19? Yeah, why don't you roll me a d10? D10. Nine. You find nine of these plants along the way with their seeds that you can gather from each, so each plant would probably be, what, a spell's worth of components? It says several seeds. Like, I don't know how you want to divide it or whatever, but... We'll just roll with that. So you find right. nine spells worth of seeds along this night night walk. Okay. Yes, um, for many, swamps such as this can seem uh, inhospitable and repulsive, but uh, there's beauty to be found anywhere. I think you guys walk on till morning and you feel like you've made pretty good pace. Can you, um, whoever wants to, roll me a survival check? I will do that. That is... 16. Most of the ground here is soft, but there are, you know, moments in the road where uh, things solidify as the ground kind of gets above the water level a little bit more here and there. And the tracks in those moments from when you started and left the bridge and you felt them and they were kind of hard and dry, um, you get through the night and you feel them again and the tracks are getting slightly softer like you're gaining ground is what you notice and the sun starts to rise as you're heading south on the ground before you the dirt softens again as it runs beside yet another marsh with its marsh water and in the mud you all immediately notice a set of shoeless footprints that stepped out of the marsh 
crossed your path where you're headed and they marched on through the sopping mud off into a grove of trees and these footprints are massive even somewhat larger than Mad's boots. The Giants March is a production by the Time to Die Podcast Network. It's one of our many different stories. If you'd like to find out more, visit timetodierpg.com. If you're enjoying the show, we would be ever so grateful for a review on your favorite podcatcher or a shout out on social media. Post about us on Reddit or Twitter. Share us with a friend. Whatever you can do to let people know that we exist and that you think our shows are worth a listen. If you would like to support us financially, you can pledge monthly at patreon.com slash timetodierpg. Or you can give us a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash timetodierpg. Want to hang out with us? We have a Discord server. The link is in the episode description, or you can find it at our Time to Die website. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at timetodierpg. Find us on Reddit at r slash timetodierpg. Tim, who plays Mads, is on Twitter at idagrabyourgun. Chris, who plays Feardos, is on Twitter at chrisreillylcp. Aubrey, who plays Cena, is on Twitter at AubreyGray1. That's A-U-B-R-E-E-G-R-A-Y and the number one. And I, Brian Bridges, the GM of this campaign, am on Twitter at ManlyBrian. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Giant's March. (laughs) 